0: good morning good afternoon and good evening welcome to the Winner Winner PUBG podcast. My name is Mike aka MTB Trigger and I'll be your host tonight with me as always is the other host here at Winner Winner, Mr. Kev aka The One Heart. Tonight and as on all other episodes we're going to talk about all things PUBG. We're a few weeks into the 9.2 patch so we're going to break some of that down. Not necessarily line by line at this point but This patch was actually pretty large, and there was a bunch of low key things that were put in there that I think have actually had a pretty big impact on the game, or no one was really expecting them since they weren't the focus of the patch, but they started getting noticed really quick. So we're gonna break some of that down and we'll start getting into that a little bit later. But before we do that, I did wanna thank everybody for participating in the giveaway, and we are proud to announce that the PC, along with our beloved, NZXT PUBG limited edition case has arrived with its new owner. And as of the time of this recording at the end of November, uh, we don't have the pictures yet, but it is being set up in its own room, brand new gaming room for the owner. So we'll be excited to share the pictures that they've promised us once they get that all completed. As far as supporting the show, the best thing you can do for us, share it with a friend. We do have a Patreon as well for those of you that do support or want to support monetarily. Thank you so much for our current patrons. And then lastly, it's our social channels. So if you follow us on Twitter or YouTube at youtube.com forward slash XP now, that's where we host everything, uh, both audio and video for winner winner as well as the XFIL podcast. But you can find me at MTB trigger. You can also find me on Twitch. And I'll let Kev let everybody know where to find him. But with that, Kev, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? Honestly, (laughs) people aren't going to believe us when we start saying we win a game before we record every time. But coming off the win we just had, I'm feeling pretty good, man. Yeah.
1: Did you have a good Thanksgiving with the fam?
0: You know, it was smaller this year, like everybody's, I think. But uh, we smoked a turkey for the first time. And it turned out really well. And we did get to spend it with our immediate family, which was nice. So, yeah, I'd say it was good. It was we usually do a massive Thanksgiving dinner. Like it's usually us, immediate family, quite a bit of extended family and then some friends as well. So ours was normally, you know, 20 plus people pared down to less than 10. So still very good, but just different than normal years. How about you?
1: It was good. Uh, we just did the immediate family. You know, I wasn't going to let you off the hook for taking so long to brine your turkey until you had shown me a picture the next day because you were rather late to our Among Us lobby with everybody from the XP Media Discord for the, you know, X-Filled podcast. But it, it looked good enough that I was like, you know what? That's a good reason.
0: <laughs> so... The funny part about that is, you know, in my mind, brining a turkey was just this like, yeah, you make the solution, you put the turkey in there, you're good to go. Well, we got a big turkey and then we had the bucket and you kind of have to fold the turkey the right way. But then the turkey also wants to float. So we actually the reason I was so late was I actually had to go get a bag of ice To put on top of the turkey to not only keep it weighed down, but to prevent it from pushing up against the lid because it kept popping the lid off the bucket. So I actually Mm -hmm. had to make a late night run to get a bag of ice and then go back to my father in law's house, which is only like five minutes away from my house. But when I said I was on the way, I was literally walking out the door and then the turkey popped out of the bucket. (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah, it was a it was a little brining catastrophe.
1: Yeah, but no, it looked really good and it's funny, I did see a lot of people who probably haven't cooked many turkeys for themselves because they would go and spend it with larger family and they were like, how do I fold a turkey? You know, everyone's Googling that. Um, It is funny though that you said you usually do a big one. I have like 21 cousins. My dad's one of eight. So, we used to do like massive, massive Thanksgivings. In the past few years, it's been pared down to maybe only 20 people, but it used to be like 35 or 40 of us. And so this year was just the immediate family, just the four of us. Everything was delicious. It was nice. It was it was really relaxed. I thought that was nice. Yeah, it was good. It it does suck not getting to see, you know, my nan and everyone else, especially my nan, you know, not being able to get out of the retirement home and all that stuff. You do feel bad. Yeah. But given the uh, other circumstances, it makes sense. So, yeah, it was really nice. I hope everyone else listening had a really good Thanksgiving and for those of us, those of our friends in Canada and abroad, I hope you had a nice Wednesday. <laughs> All right, so why don't we get into PUBG? Um, have you been playing on that lately?
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's been an interesting month since we last recorded. I've been playing a lot of PUBG duos, but I've also gotten into Among Us a bit. And then I also played, I wouldn't say a ton of Apex, but I played a fair amount of Apex since they launched their new patch. And I kind of like to jump in Battle Royale updates for other games as they release big patches because it always makes me think about PUBG. And PUBG has always been home for me, but it's always cool to see how other games are updating and moving things around. So I have spent a fair amount of time in Apex. I know that you've spent some time in Apex. We've both been playing Among Us in the XP Media Discord lobbies, which has been great. But uh, the vast majority of my time has gone to playing PUBG Duos. I've been playing it three or four times a week for a couple hour sessions, oftentimes on stream, and just been having a blast. It's been in the best shape for duos recently that i can even think of it's been awesome
1: yeah so you know speaking of apex i saw it was coming and i saw they're releasing not only a new legend in horizon uh who has a really cool kit where she can do these uh gravity lifts that go up like almost three stories and you can hang in them you can just launch yourself and your team off of them and they have a lot of utility in that then that comes like every 15 seconds but the biggest thing i wanted to see was this new map it was really bright really open lots of rotation points so i wanted to check it out and I got on and I just it'd been a l been a while since I'd played and I was blown away by the new map and the new legend, who I kinda main. Cool. And I I just didn't go and play anything. You know, I was playing a little bit of Sea of Thieves before, I was playing a bunch of PUBG still. And then Apex, you know, released this new patch and I have not played anything else since. So Yeah, I've been having a great time. I know we got a couple games and I think we got a few wins together. I think I got more wins this season than I have in any season prior, just because 'cause I've been playing so often and with a good group of people. But yeah, it's been fun to test uh, my skills in that and kind of their skill-based matchmaking is a lot tighter. So you're always playing against better and better players as you get better. And just the movement of that game has been interesting. And that game was pretty special to me because when I first switched over to PC, I was over for about a month and I was struggling with learning PUBG when everyone was already so good at it uh, and learning how to use mouse and keyboard. And then Apex came out of nowhere and I played a lot of that. And I think that was a big reason for me to get caught up with just my mouse and keyboard skills, and then I was able to bring them back to PUBG, and, and then kind of swim at least a little bit with everybody else. So it was nice to get back into it. I I've forgotten how much I missed it, and it's been fun.
0: Yeah, I I think the most interesting part, and I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this as we continue to go into it, but uh, let's we'll break down our our game that we had because at least one part of the game because we had an absolutely insane like five minutes in the in the game that we won just 45 minutes ago. But one of the things that I always notice when going from any game FPS wise to another is the difference in like speed and how fast you feel. And until the new Apex patch, really the only game that I had jumped into was Escape from Tarkov and going back and forth between Tarkov and PUBG, the movement feels about the same, you know, other than You run out of stamina and things like that in Tarkov In PUBG. You can just kind of run forever. But as far as like how fast you turn and the pacing of the combat lean, there's definitely more gunplay. Yeah, the lean system like it's all it's pretty similar, right? Mm -hmm. And there's things that encumber you in Tarkov and can slow you down or speed you up. All in all, the pacing is pretty similar. You can have a 30 minute match. You can go even longer than that in Tarkov, but it's definitely similar. Whereas Apex is very different. It's fast. It's in your face. It's flashy.
1: I mean, you have people launching and going all over the place, which is saying the new character. But you know, you have pathfinders grappling, you know, way over your building and behind your team to get new angles and and you know your octanes of the world and stuff. It's just there's a lot going on.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's what I wanted to talk about, too, though, is it's always interesting to me because three weeks away from a game in gamer terms sounds like an eternity, but it's really not that long, (laughs) right? Like, it's just not. You spent three weeks away from PUBG, but even you came back and were like, Okay, what are my buttons? What are my controls? Like, what was the most noticeable thing for you coming out of Apex for three weeks back into PUBG? Like, you said a couple, but I'm curious what's still resonating with you. After playing for an hour or two.
1: So I run a slightly higher sense to keep up in Apex. And most of that is because of that three-dimensional movement. You're typically looking at five, ten different places, angles that someone could come from at any given moment in Apex when you're taking on a team kind of head to head, or even dealing with two teams. Whereas with PUBG, you know, it's very noticeable when you go back as to how grounded you are. Which is a mm-hmm. good thing and it's a strength of PUBG, but it's the you go from having 5 to 10 places you need to look at for someone to come and then you go to 2 to 5 maybe possible and then you're also playing sound more in pubg so by the time they actually do come around you're usually trained onto where they're going to be and the other difference there is if you don't see the person when they come flying over at you from apex you're not necessarily dead right away uh unless they have a very powerful weapon and they hit all their shots because the time to kill is much longer right whereas with you know, PUBG, you can literally down somebody or get downed in one to three shots if they place them well. And that can happen in a half a second, not even. So, right. Yeah. I think that's the biggest difference. It's always nice to play Apex and then come back and see my tracking be a little better on moving targets. I think in PUBG, I think that always has helped uh, with tracking and, and just overall awareness of movement because of how crucial it is um, in Apex. Not that it's not in PUBG, but just how you know game changing it can be can be to have good movement in that game
0: oh right when we were messing around with drive-bys do you lasered a guy <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh kev just owned that guy out of the dossier
1: yeah we'll get into <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely get into the the new lasering of people from vehicles but yeah. yeah it's just that like you know my first shot accuracy has to be really good using certain weapons in in apex as well and you're doing it while on the move so often that it didn't feel very hard to find that guy and, and kind of snap over to him and yeah and put him down in three shots. I think I think there were two headshots in there, so it was, it was satisfying. But I don't remember it being that easy.
0: Yeah, well we're gonna save that because I know we've got it planned for later. But I just I find it interesting, right? The correlations. Like I hadn't thought about that as it relates to PUBG, but in Apex you have to have tracking skills. Like you will develop it as you play that game because you do have to do a lot of damage and the TTK is much higher which translates really well to things like drive-bys and PUBG. So that's super interesting to me.
1: Yeah. When you get a one clip on somebody and I'm talking, you shoot all 26 of your R99 bullets and then down somebody, you're excited about it because it doesn't happen that often. It's usually a lot more trading back and forth to get those off. And I mean, the higher level players will do that more often to each other, but your average player when they're playing will be like, oh my God, i one clip this guy. And they feel like a God for a second because usually You're one-clipping to to strip their shield, and then you're telling your team to go after them, and then you're pushing around the corner to get them on that second clip. So, it's just just different. And someone's going to come in and be like, it's a magazine. (laughs) Bangalore tells me every time I pick her, you know, civvies call it a clip for their hair, you know, that kind of thing. But the (laughs) one-clip shots, when when you can put someone down really fast, is always satisfying. And even just when you're using a shotgun like the Mastiff and you have to you have to get those tracking kind of flick shots onto people really up close while they're jumping around or, or flying away. You know, it's, it, it's a big deal to have those tracking skills. Yeah. So, I mean, Apex has just been, a, it has been a lot of fun and refreshing to play that and, and kind of get back to a game that, that was like kind of the beginning for me on PC. But coming back to PUBG, you know, you called it home and I still think PUBG is home. Uh, so, I, I do want to talk about that game we just had. And uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, usually yeah. usually it's it's a pretty even matchup of me and you both doing a lot of damage and everything, but Trigger, you absolutely put me in your backpack for that game. Let's uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
0: <laughs> well, let's let's start by saying, you know, we dropped on Miramar and we went to Los Leones and part of it was it was further drop. It was, you know, it was about a kilometer drop and we knew there was one team near us, but we kind of scared them off by shooting some early shots So we got to loot up. We kind of got to rotate into the circle and we got a nice south circle and We didn't have great loot, but we weren't in awful shape I think we both had mini 14s and we basically started moving west and if you're familiar with the the map in that Los Leones area we basically went to the first four-way intersection west of the big town, and then we were on the northwest hill, and the circle kind of kept centering to us. So we ended up in this little town that was like two of those, you know, plywood buildings and then the open garage, I guess I would call it.
1: And then one, like, little decent brick building, but it's still really small, and, you, you know, there's <laughs> there's only two entrances and a few open win- wide open windows. And that was it. And that ended up being, it just kept centering on that. So, everyone started showing up. But I think that's when it, when things got interesting.
0: Yeah, because it did get interesting because we came over the hill and we saw two guys in that compound. And so, the first thing happened is Kev switched to an M24. Now, I'm remembering this better. Mm-hmm. And he takes the first shot, hits a guy, and he rotates around the back side of that open garage building towards the middle of the town. So we were approaching from the south. And then I downed the guy with the mini inside the open garage. He had already been knocked a few times because a few seconds later, he was trying to crawl around the back into a smoke. I put one bullet into him and he dropped. So he, he was probably on his third or fourth knock at that point. We heard a C4, so we kind of split around the outside, killed the other guy, got looted up, and we're sitting in this compound watching the circle because it was phase three at this point about to be phase four. So we're preparing to rotate off of it. We're trying to decide what our path's going to be, and we get a center circle. We're dead center on the circle. And it was at this point that we sort of left the compound and started looking toward the edges because we heard some firing, and we started taking some shots at a team that was in a BRDM. We almost knocked both of those guys when they were on the edge, but they end up pulling up and circling us. And as that was happening, we had another team run in on foot and Kev was in the one brick building. And he's like, there's a guy, there's guys on me.
1: No, no, they actually, they flew in on a, uh, on a bike. They flew in together on a bike and they pulled up and I thought they were much further down the hill. So I peek over the hill and I'm staring directly at two players that were like 15 to 20 yards away.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: And so I look at them, I start taking some shots. I think I got a head shot, a chest shot on the one guy which I guess had to be true because they didn't push right in on me. And Trigger kind of hurt my panic in seeing them as close as they were. And I got down, so he just starts throwing out all the smokes he had. And so I'm able to to crawl a good 15 yards back to the building uh, to try and hopefully get a res. And uh, then those guys start to push Trigger, so.
0: Yeah, so that's right, because you got knocked. I basically threw four smokes and created a smoke wall all the way back to the building. As they were healed, they had to have healed up. You're right. You had to have hurt them because they did not push and they could have. But as they were healing up, the BRDM team rotated all the way from the north to the south and started circling the compound. They're hearing this gunfight go on. So Kev's crawling back in. I'm like, hey, man, I got smokes all the way to the building. Get in here um, and I'll res you. As I start to res him the first time, this team that he was shooting at pushes as the brdm is driving through the smoke so i knock one of the guys outside and then i'm running over to kev and i hear the other one pushing run into him and i actually just hip fired and shot into his chest and kill him run back to kev to rez because the brdm guys are still circling us hear another set of footsteps stand up shoot a solo who is running in and go back to res again, and the BRDM starts to slow down. I end up getting Kev rezzed. I had
1: a full med kit, so I just stayed in my corner and and got back to 100% health real quick. That
0: was so clutch, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and they pulled up basically right where that first team had pushed, and so we had like shots from the window. They just pulled up and jumped right out. They could have pulled up behind another building. They could have done a lot of different things, uh, but I think you said it, that they were kind of worried that their vehicle was going to blow up because we did start trying to light it up a little bit. And they they might have just panicked and jumped down on the backside of it.
0: Yeah. And, and that was interesting, right? Because before we got into the second fight, they were kind of patrolling the town. And I just started lighting it up with the mini. I'm like, I do not want them having a full BRDM. And that actually came in clutch because you're exactly right. They started roaming around the compound. We start spraying into it. It starts smoking and i think it must have been really low hit points because they ended up stopping like 15 feet from the brick building we were in and jumping out and you put some shots on a guy i threw a flashbang i ended up knocking one and then threw another flashbang and then i think did you throw the final grenade
1: no 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 so i threw i threw a flash and got flashed at the same time as my flash wore off the last guy was peeking me And I put another one or two shots in, I think just his chest. And so he backs up right behind the BRDM and is healing, if not in the BRDM, trying to heal. And at that point, you would just throw on a grenade. And there's still smokes all over the place because we just had a billion of them going. And yeah, he just blew up and so did the BRDM. (laughs) And so in that like short span of time, we pull up on the place and a, a vehicle comes and hits that garage. We kill two, trigger kills two. Two more guys pull up, knock me, trigger kills two of them, then a, then he kills a solo, gets me up, and we're at five kills for trigger right now, uh, plus the one from way earlier in Los Leonis is at six. Yep. And then <laughs> he gets me up, and then he gets two more kills, and so he's at seven. And now we're down to five people left, just like
0: that. Right. And we had the... Uh, so at that point, we were now... It's still center circle. Yeah, it was center compound, but to the... I think it's the west. There's a massive dip, basically. And so I was like, all right, you stay in the compound. I'm going to clear this out because we could effectively clear, like, I would say almost 50% of the circle that was left. And there was just this massive ridge to the south, which is the way we originally came in. And we hear an alm shot. And we're like, OK, there's an almond in play. And then Kev says, I see them. They're over on this ridge. They're 205. So I'm looking at that. And then I'm like, okay, there's a duo and a solo. And it was at that moment, I was like, oh, I see the solo. I'm going to let him him fight. Yeah, leave him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to leave him and let him fight. And then all of a sudden, I hear, and it's the M24 from Kev just bodies this guy and drops him. And he starts laughing. And I'm like, okay, well, we know where the duo is. And Kev takes another M24 shot up the hill. And then they rotate to my side because we were so split that yeah. they thought they were getting safe. And I start peppering both of these guys with the mini 14 and one of them ends up going down to the zone.
1: Yeah, the the, the zone was pushing in on them and they were quickly running out of their high ground. Uh, if they had been able to take that fight earlier, if that last solo wasn't in play, that fight could have been really dangerous for us with the level two helmets on and them having the almond play. It could, have, it could have been a lot different, but that last guy kind of played spoiler for them. And so I finished the fight for them and do give them enough time to push in on us, but they would have had to immediately start smoking towards us and then push through the smoke to get to us. And so they yeah. just kind of ran out of time, unfortunately, for them.
0: Yeah, I think they got too engaged on that last guy, even yeah. though you finished them. They, I mean, they were still too engaged because they couldn't come in. And they, they knew where we were. I only
1: had to hit him in like the stomach, but I think they were trying to fin- rotate and finish their corners and they probably you know, finish that circle so they knew they could come in and have their high ground. And, and that's when they probably heard the uh, the last guy. So yeah, they just didn't have much time. And so you said one dropped his zone, and then you just kind of put a few shots on the last guy. And
0: yeah, because I hit the first guy twice and then transferred to the second guy because the first guy went behind a little dip. And then I saw I actually didn't know he knocked a zone until I was shooting the second guy and I put three into him and then the blue caught up to him and I put one more in to finish it. And then we won the game and I looked up and it said the other guy had died to play zone. So, I mean, all in all, like we had the right call. We had the right rotation. We knew the compound. We had to defend. What we weren't planning on was, you know, me having to kill three guys while, (laughs) while Kev was knocked and then having to defend a BRDM push. And then an arm up the hill, I mean we got we had what so we had ten kills total,
1: yeah, nine for you, one measly stomach shot for me, but you know <laughs> it's okay, I was a little two twenty eighty r kind of player that game, um, yeah. but it was it was just funny the entire circle seemed to have converged on us for the end because it was the only playable cover left and and then they just heard continuous fighting all the way to the end, so right, yeah, triggers just super super clutch on that game for us. And it was funny that that BRDM had to have been low health before because when we were taking shots at them from 300 plus meters away, the other team that pulled up on that, that bike was also – that was who they were fighting. And they both dipped and left. The BRDM left first and they started taking off. I'm assuming they were healing because we were, we were peppering them too. Yep. And then the other team took that opportunity to use their bike, which is much faster, and they pushed straight to us and Honestly, if they had been able to have the one guy probably push in first or just heal in that smoke a little bit and then both push in a little faster together, more coordinated, they probably could have taken us out while I was down. So, yeah, it was we got we got lucky with the timing of everything, but we really just got lucky to trigger hit all of his shots <laughs> when everyone pushed.
0: Well, and also the way in which you got knocked because you had the high ground on them. Yeah, so they
1: couldn't finish me right away. For
0: them to flush you, exactly, because – I didn't throw the smokes right away. I mean, there was a second or two delay because I was on the other side and I had to throw a pretty long range smoke initially. And so I guess that is worth worth mentioning that, you know, sometimes it can feel like a hard play to throw a smoke or to not give cover. But when you have the high ground and a teammate gets knocked and they know they did damage, the enemy team is not going to feel comfortable pushing up into a smoke because I mean, really what ended up happening there is I don't think they had any idea where you were because I threw four smokes and it was really intentional. I probably needed two, but I threw four because not only did I not want you to get killed by them, but I didn't want you to get third partied. But that basically they hear that they hear and they're wondering, okay, well, now we have no idea where this guy is. And the best thing they could have done is push through the smoke into the building. But there's no way you would possibly know that. So they were patrolling the outside, which let me put shots on them as Kev was crawling in. And it just, again, that BRDM played spoiler for them too, because I think it pushed them in faster than they wanted to push in. I think they were going to slow play it, but the BRDM put them in a situation where they had no option.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they would have had, they would have potentially had a really hard time. You know, that that guy who finished in third that I got my kill on, like, I think he was lurking as a solo for a while while all this was happening. So, there's a good chance that he had eyes on us or at least was planning on it for a while. So, had they been fighting below us for a while, that could have been the spoiler for them. Those guys were going to have a hard time. The best thing they could have done is honestly just full send and crash directly into that brick building we were on.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then it's a 50-50 from there because they would have came in so hard and fast that you were kind of watching our back and patrolling this entire compound while I was looking that way. And so, you would have been late. It would have been a 2v1 at the start. We might have traded out right there, but it would have been probably a better chance for them um, if not instantly down and flush me. And then, you know, they're in a 2v1 against you at full health. So
0: if you're ever caught in a position where you're down and your teammates trying to get you up, but it's dicey. I mean, the thing that happened that was really good is you were like silent, right? You were just crawling in. You're like, all right, I'm going to get inside. Like, I'm inside, you can res me now. But you weren't like, safe res, I did it. Like, you weren't talking, you were letting me play. And then there was a point where you were like, you have to res me now or I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point that I had to make the decision, okay, I'm going to come res you. Or I would have had to say, I can't, I'm pinned, right? And it either way, it would have been fine. But you weren't freaking out. You're not yelling. You're not saying, what are you doing? You let me play which which let me listen and play footsteps, which is all I had to go on because there's smokes everywhere, there's teams everywhere, there's a BRDM roaming around. Yeah. Any more audio noise and I'm dead. Yeah. So that and, was great.
1: And so, I mean, you had already taken out the team that had knocked me and then you had started your res and you had to hop off of it to kill the the, the solo that was coming in from the other direction. At that point, the only thing that was going on was we, we just heard the looming threat of this slow creeping BRDM it was kind of just like, I don't know if they were trolling or they didn't know like where they wanted to pop out, but like they had so many opportunities to take. There was one specific set of high ground that the Alm players had that the guys on the bike could have taken. That would have been the best play probably for them is to put it behind them and the other side of that hill and then look down on us, you know? But right. uh, they, they were just kind of circling and, and, and I mean, I guess they kind of just knew it was going to be the spot to be, but they had so many opportunities to play that different, but they were just kind of patrolling and just kind of being there and that was when they were still kind of trolling around that you were able to get that off. And they even took long enough that I was able to do the full 10-second medkit heal. And right. then we both looked out the window at them and took some shots. And I could see both of them pop out from the window to the backside of the the you know the vehicle. And that was when they – then they were really just in a, a hard spot. And the only cover they had was their BRDM that was not far from blowing up. So
0: Right. Yeah. And I, and I think it all boils down to those smokes, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think they didn't know where anybody was. There's four smokes. I think they were driving through the smoke trying to run over people. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think it all boiled down to that. So at the end of it, it was an awesome game. We were laughing at the end because it's like somehow we always win the first game before recording. Like, I, <laughs> it just blows my mind every time we do it.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, you throwing that smoke and not knowing if it was going to land in an effective position doesn't matter. I would say everyone should always just throw that smoke because sometimes just the sound of the smoke makes a team think that they have a little bit of time to also heal or or figure this out before they go rushing into something because they hear the smoke go off. They think, okay, the first thought on this guy's mind now is protecting and making his teammate get back on his feet. So that and then don't ever be afraid to just use all of your smokes in that situation, especially as late game as it was, because if the other team is also playing for late game. They should have enough smokes to replenish you. Your down teammate, in my case, you know, me, I always have three to four smokes. So I could have gotten up and given Trigger one or two more smokes anyway. So he had the opportunity to either res me again or just create a smoke wall if we had to push out of that spot.
0: When we had three dead bodies to loot, too.
1: Exactly. So if you keep looting people, you know, this is why you see pros use them so readily on pushes towards other teams when they have to go out in the open. The biggest thing they're looking for when they get a kill, I believe, is always going to be meds new armor if they need it and then they're looking for the utility and you always see pros they have such little ammo at the end of a game because they're holding on to so much utility so that they can because that is the oftentimes the only cover they have for the late game don't ever be afraid to just use your utility for the fight at hand that utility in your pocket doesn't matter if you die
0: yeah and, and if you really wanted to look at it a different way as well I threw four smokes, and there were three pieces of cover in that little town. Like, it's tiny. Now, it wasn't hard wall cover, but we effectively doubled the cover that was available at least in the short term, and that added enough confusion there for us to get a res and a med kit off, which was actually insane considering how many people pushed into that area.
1: Yeah, I was down for 45 seconds at least, uh, maybe maybe a minute. I don't know how long your your full... You know, you you can be down at all on your first knock. But, you know, I was down for a really long time, get picked up, which is another 10 seconds where you're not bleeding out anymore. But and, you know, it's a good eight. Is it eight seconds or 10? Doesn't matter. And then it's another immediately another 10 seconds. So I was down and out of that fight for a while and trigger was just very, very clutch. And that's the other thing. If you're in the BRDM at that point and you see all these knocks and you see the same person getting them and you know that I'm probably still knocked, that is when you have to like full send it.
0: Yeah, you just kind of got to guess, right?
1: Or make your decision to get your high ground on us or something, but the worst thing they did was, they could have done, was what they did where they land outside with no cover and and just have to jump out because they're afraid of blowing up, so.
0: What a game, man. I didn't know we were going to get into so much uh, strategy, but that's <laughs> it was great. Re- it was great related to that because, honestly, the only reason we won that was strategy on both of our parts. Um, otherwise, we would have been not to be two-man and I think our split in the end let us win against that arm. Yeah. So,
1: it was good comms and then just, you know, remaining calm. Like if you're going to if you're going to die, you're going to die. It's not your teammate's fault, but it is your fault if you make him die because you're screaming for a res. Anyway, let's talk about the new stuff in patch 9.2. Let's talk about the dirt bike. Trigger, tell me a little bit about this cuz that is one thing we saw one, but I it was in this crazy game, so I was like, I don't want to spoil a game when we have really good loot and we're already Far enough along, I was like, I'll get it on one of the next games. So I still haven't been on a dirt bike yet. Tell me a little bit.
0: Yeah. So I've actually only been on it a handful of times because it's only taking the spawn place of 50% of bikes. So it's, you know, you don't see a a bike all the time and this is only going to show up half the time. But basically, it's a one seater bike. You can't have a partner with you on it. But the biggest things about it is it has its own clutch so you can rev the engine. You, it's got better suspension for off-roading compared to the bikes, and then they've teased, you know, PUBG has teased that there's going to be some things coming in the future on the bike, and it spawns on all maps, it's got everything that's going on, it's got insane acceleration, it's got the new suspension, I think the coolest part about it, at least that I've seen, is the ability to pitch while you're driving. And I'm really excited to keep using it because honestly, I haven't had enough time on it to get really good with tricks and maneuvers and stuff like that. But so far, my favorite thing is if you're going down a hill and if you pitch down, meaning pushing the nose into the ground, I like going downhill, pitching down and then doing a hard turn near the bottom. And you can actually make the bike do a 360 and it will stop within a few feet. And so I don't know when this is going to come in handy, but I'm excited to learn more and more tricks on the dirt bike to pull off some insane kills. But I think if you saw a dirt bike like flying at you down the hill, you know, in your mind, you're going to get ready to shoot them as they pass by. So I think it's almost like top gun maneuver, right? Like you are pulling this like hard clutch, doing a quick flip and then ending up in front of them instead of driving past them. So I'm going to try it. I just haven't got to do it yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to do a tailspin, kind of, you know, hit them, hit them with a tail whip and knock them or something. <laughs> I also, you know, yes. you can, I've seen that you can pop wheelies, right? Yes, yep. So, you know, I think I need to get a, a wheelie knock on somebody at some point, just run over somebody and hit them directly in the face with my front tire. Yeah, they look really fun and you know, like you said like they can do harder turns and all of these things. So, it says you can do uh harder turns when you hit the clutch a little bit so that you can preserve your speed and momentum a little more through a, a sharper yep. turn. So, that could be interesting for like flying into a city and and getting in behind a team. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting. It'll probably be fun to play duos and get two of them and really start messing with people. I could imagine there's going to be a lot of fun things. I imagine that on console we're going to see a lot of hijinks um just because it is a little bit harder with you know on the sticks to to hit people out of cars when you're yeah. when you're stationary. So I see a lot more vehicle shenanigans in general. Plus they play third person for the most part. So I think we're gonna have some guys doing some really funny stuff with these dirt bikes in final circles. So I'm I'm looking forward to that a lot. Some of my friends in particular who are guys who get like ten kill wins on their own like all the time like they're they're doing some pretty insane numbers when they're playing together to like 32 kills as a team. They're going to do some really goofy stuff when they don't care at the end of a game.
0: I think it's going to combine with the next feature that implemented as well. And this is the one that really adds some flavor and it's it's not the one that I think is questionable yet, but they added the ability for a driver to shoot. And the way to do this is you have to have aim or soft aim as some people refer to it bound to a key. Uh, The easiest is probably to have it set to toggle. So if you're trying to figure out the best binds for how to do this. But you can be driving cars or bikes now. You can hit your aim key or toggle it. And it's going to pull out your sidearm and allow you to shoot in the soft aim position. You can't ADS while you're doing this, but you still have vehicle control and you can shoot in the soft aim position with your sidearms. So this is the one that added with the dirt bike <laughs> We're gonna see some crazy stuff popping up on Reddit as people start learning how to, you know, use the clutch and the handbrakes and all that stuff on the on the new dirt bike.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've already seen some of the people who always do these things for fun anyway. Uh, I saw Wacky Jackie fly over a garage building on Arangal and get a kill. Of somebody, I don't know if he was on a dirt bike or a regular bike, but he, you know, he got a nice. I think he got a revolver kill in midair. Uh, no critical motion. He was one of our like SEA uh au kind of players he was um he was doing something crazy um drive-bys and i mean all the guys that you're used to seeing do fun drive-by stuff have been doing it solo on a bike and and in their regular vehicles and it's just it's really interesting to see these you know driver shots come through and that that comes with some pretty big changes to pistols right
0: yeah yep so we'll come back to the vehicle aiming but let's talk about just briefly let's talk about weapon balance There was a number of balances specifically to the pistols, but there was also some stuff done to the 5.56 and 7.62. But uh, really here on the sidearms, literally every sidearm got some buffs, right? They increased the head damage multiplier, the limb damage multiplier, aim deviation is down.
1: ADS movement speed is up.
0: Right, right. So kind of like SMGs, right? Mm Mm-hmm there's all of these like very specific percentages that they move these in. And I think both of us saw the same video related this for some testing. You want to talk about that video that we watched because it's not that we don't want to go over these, but there's been some really, really good testing on these. So we kind of want to give a shout out on this because we can tell you all the stats, but there's a much better spot to go check this out if you're really interested in all the changes.
1: Yeah, if you're really interested in in seeing these changes and seeing how they actually affect things, uh, we 100% recommend that you go check out a friend of ours um, and a friend of the show, C-Dome. He made a great YouTube video uh, where he'll actually show the differences in movement speed between uh, holding ADS with an SMG or an AR versus holding it. And he's got someone in with him and they're moving completely laterally so that you can see that he's going much faster while he's ADS with his, you know, sidearm. And he shows the, you know, how tight the recoil is and, and all of these things in great detail for every single sidearm. And we'll explain, you know, the increase in the headshot damage multiplier and the limb damage modifiers and all of these things. It's really comprehensive. He doesn't waste your time either. He gets through it briskly without missing anything. So rather than us just kind of read through and you, you know, forget every single number that we tell you <laughs> while you're on your drive to work or whatever. We really recommend that you check that out. So, you know, as always, is doing a lot of good things on his YouTube. And if you're a console guy, he also always does those things for you as well for console and gets on his Xbox and checks things out. So definitely we'll put a link to this video in the show notes here. If someone wants it and they're coming through Discord, you can feel free to ask us as well. But when this gets posted, it'll get posted to Discord. And then you can find the the, uh, link in the show notes there. So definitely check out C-Dome's YouTube and check out that video in particular. But basically, you're going to want to have a sidearm at all times now and carry just a little bit extra ammo for it. You can decide which one you want. A lot of people are like in the 1911 these days for it, but it's, you know, overall insane accuracy and damage, but I'm sure you'll have fun with all of them.
0: And if you're on a bike, you can, can, C-A-N, use the sawed off, which is honestly really cool
1: yeah so that tight turn on a dirt bike plus having a saw off i can see someone mm-hmm. going right and just really getting that tight turn around a tree that someone's hiding behind and then just blasting them so that's that's gonna be pretty fun to see
0: right and i saw a lot of people running around tdm with the sawed off and my gut tells me it's because of this change in particular people are trying to figure out exactly how to use that thing
1: yeah and i mean We've already known and we've talked about before how accurate shotguns are when you're jumping in the air compared to other weapons. So you know you're going to be able to do some fun things with the sawed off and in, in general that you probably didn't think about before because now it's just stronger than it was. It's going to have a little more range potentially, yeah, um, or just it'll have more range because of a tighter spread. I don't think they've actually changed its range, but yeah, I mean overall, I'm gonna I'm gonna love playing with all of them. I've always liked trying to use pistols here and there, but. Now, there's a very specific reason. While you're driving, you don't just need to be the guy gripping the steering wheel and hoping for the best as your team tries to get their drive-by. You can just contribute a little bit, maybe get a nice little headshot on there, which will do a lot of damage, actually. So, uh, One last thing to note, don't use this in a toxic way like I did, but I just needed to test it while I was getting, you know, Trigger was showing me around and showing me the new things. I was like, wait, from the inside, can I shoot my passenger? And so I put one into his chest and and it, it hurt. It it hurt him. Yes, so it did. <laughs> if you're playing solos and you have a pistol and someone jumps in your vehicle and they're they're sitting there hanging with you, definitely uh just you know hope that they get into the passenger seat and just shoot them out. So
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's worth noting that all of the changes that they did to the sidearms are for the entire game. Now, specifically related to vehicle combat, I do think that if you're driving and you kind of said it right you no longer have to be like oh i'm the driver i can't do anything right now you still have some control over the vehicle it's it's pretty good control honestly um it's not the full control but if you have your pistol out but i think that there's a really good piece of it that if you're driving and you have your pistol out or something just getting one shot on somebody or maybe you've got the 1911 and you're just spamming shots that can distract the enemy versus letting them just, you know, get their aim lined up and take them out.
1: Yeah. If you hit somebody once or twice, they might might actually get back into cover and and let your team get out of there. Or that gives enough time for them to maybe just try and find cover again. And now your teammate has the chance to actually spin around and get the, the accurate shots that they need with an AR or something a little stronger. So,
0: yeah, so it's really easy to <laughs> look at it through just the vehicle overhaul lens because we got the dirt bike. We we got the ability to shoot from vehicles. And the last piece of that puzzle is that there is a heavy, heavy stabilization to your aiming while you're in a vehicle.
1: One last thing I wanted to say about uh, using the toggle aim for, for all of this. So there is a difference between aim and ADS in PUBG. And most people will tell you to make it so that you know your right click if you're on you know PC your right click is your ADS and then you put aim on a different key but you can also go in and make it so that your aim and ADS have different properties so that your ADS can still be hold if you're a hold aimer like most of us probably are i only know a few notable people that toggle their ADS so you can toggle ADS so that's still normal and feels normal and you can you know lean ADS and and get some shots and pop back out relatively fast But then you can go and you can set it so that it's hold or sorry, toggle for your aim key. So that can be one button and you don't have to just hold on to your aiming while you're driving and trying to shoot people. So don't think you need to change all of your controls and, you know, learn how to play a toggle aimer now. You can still do what's natural in your normal gunfights while having the toggle aiming for driving. Correct. Which I was like kind of scared that I was going to have to try and be a toggle aimer now.
0: (laughs) Right. You can switch. You can have different keys and different binds for your aim and ADS. So personally, I use hold ADS on my right mouse button and I use toggle aim on my middle mouse button now. So that if I'm driving and I toggle my aim with my sidearm, it just holds it out there. Versus me having to hold down middle mouse and try to control the car and aim et cetera et cetera so I agree with that I think that's the way to do it, but I'm sure we'll get a bunch of configs for people that are messing with this but for me right now that's the that's kind of the best route
1: yeah I think I might have had like push to talk on um on my mouse four, but I don't use it too often anyway I don't really play with randoms too often so I don't know if I'm open mic when i'm when I'm toggling, but I switch the toggle aim to uh my mouse four because I didn't actually have that key set at all anymore. So (laughs) I needed to figure out where to put it. So that made sense to me. It's just mouse four.
0: Nice. Well, and, and the last piece of this, since we've spent a lot of time on vehicles and we will come back to the five, five, six and seven, six, two, but let's, let's wrap up the vehicle conversation because the last piece of the puzzle is the heavy stabilization while aiming when you're in a car. And all of this plays into what we talked about. The sidearms are now useful while you're driving as the driver and you want to shoot. But the passenger also has a heavy stabilization when they're doing ADS when they're shooting out of the vehicle. And it is extremely noticeable. And this is the one that I kind of have questions about because I'm not sure how long-term viable it is. And, and I really do think it's okay for games to have... Some systems, not all of them, but some systems that are high skill ceiling and low skill floor and drive by shooting was one of them. Now, it's definitely fun. And I mean, it is very, very fun to have basically zero stabilization problems or stabilization penalties while you're ADSing as a passenger, right? Because it is fun to do drive bys. It is fun to see a lot of people trying drive bys. Right. So if you hear a car and you better believe if they're coming at you, they probably have a sidearm. But on the surface, I think it tried to close the skill gap of doing drive-bys. Like really, it was a it was a pretty advanced mechanic to be able to do a drive-by, control the vehicle, line it up the right way, switch seats and then shoot. And now I think the people that were already good at drive-bys are just this much more elevated and so much more mobile that it's kind of just insane. So I'm not sure if this is helping that skill gap or just highlighting it and multiplying it. So the way that I see this change is I I really do think this was a fun thing to add into the game. And I think it would have been a really cool season to say, like, hey, for the next 30 or 45 days, there's going to be little or no penalty on drive-by stability. So get out there and do your drive-bys. We're going to test it out for a small season. And, And that may be what they're doing here and and maybe it could have been hey let's up all the vehicle spawns or we're going to turn all vehicle spawns into bikes or or something like that and maybe that's too far but you know maybe shake the meta up why not influence a, cra- a crazy meta for a month or at least try it out in the casual mode you know because overall I really, really like that they are messing with things or at least adding metrics to them and numbers to the stabilization and and they're moving those things because I really do want to see them keep adjusting these things. So overall, I love that they are, quote unquote, breaking and redoing something that has been pretty static in the vehicles, and I'm excited to see what they do going forward with the system. I'm not sure if this is long term viable. Uh, in the current state, because it's it's really noticeable how many people are successfully doing drive-bys.
1: Feels a little too easy. Um, it was something that I, you know, we can maybe spend a minute or two talking about easy keybinds so that you can kind of get up to speed with the mechanics of switching seats fast and, and doing that. But yeah. I, had, I had gotten mine into a position where I was very comfortable with it. I wasn't the best at controlling the recoil because when your car is on grass, it should be bumping a little bit, but it it doesn't move like at all. It's the difference between if you had tried it before and you're just hanging out the window while your your friend is driving and you see the, the reticle bouncing up and down a little bit. It's the difference between that and then being on a train on Vikendi and it doesn't really change at all. There's almost a feeling that recoil is actually reduced, not just the sway of the weapon and the bouncing of the weapon because of the bounce of the car. It it feels like there's like less recoil as well. And it's to the point where Trigger just wanted me to get one in real quick. And I look at this guy, I'm pretty easy, you know, it was pretty easy for me to kinda like snap over to the guy, but I took three three shots and two of them were headshots and it didn't move. My my reticle didn't move at all, and I barely controlled for recoil or accounted for it, and the guy just dropped instantly. And luckily his friend was a little split and we didn't know where he was. And he was able to get both of us out of the car from his stationary position. But
0: Oh, yeah, he owned us. (laughs) Yeah, he was a really
1: good player. I've seen his name like a million times in the kill feed, too. Like, I I know this guy plays a lot. So, uh, you know, when I saw his name, I was like, I wasn't surprised. Or, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, my God, how did this guy get me? You know, who is this guy? But I knew the name. I was like, oh, it's that guy. And he was just like, what are you guys doing? And it was like the same thing you were doing, trying to drive by people and stuff. But he had gotten out of the car to, to finish a fight or something. But I can only imagine if that guy had actually died. And where we got his friend too, he wouldn't have really liked it very much. Where Trigger took a few licks of damage, but we were—I was just able to so easily lean from the the right side of the car, look over left, over top of the vehicle, and just instantly laser this guy. It just didn't—it doesn't seem like it's going to be something that you're going to feel too proud of now to do it yourself, and it's going to feel really bad to have it done to you. And I think that's going to end up being the, the where you're going to hear a lot of the sentiment coming from. But, you know, I talked about how I think we're going to see some fun stuff from console um, with the dirt bike because of the way they they kind of drive around and get away with things more. But I also think that console, this is going to be a really welcome change. And I don't think we'll ever hear too much of an, uh, an outcrying that we might hear from PC where it's easier to kind of aim in general with your mouse. I think they're really going to enjoy being able to lean out of windows now and actually do these drive-by kills. I think it's going to be a lot more viable for them. Still very difficult. You know, don't get me wrong. It's still going to be difficult to get the, you know, the tracking while you're passing. But I think they're going to be like a whole new world because that was just something that didn't happen very often in the console world. Not to mention switching seats is like one button and you have to like keep pressing it and stuff. So I think that's going to be a little different. But for the PC side, I think we're going to be sick of it sooner rather than later just because of it's not that it's now approachable for everybody. It's that the people who know how to do it are going to get it done so much easier. You know, I've watched Tickleton play games, you know, where he's like solo squad or even just solo, and he'll run around and get nine kills just from the car itself. Right. You know, he he kills pro players doing drive-bys and seat swaps. Yep. So him doing it to you in a regular lobby and you just see him driving by and killing everybody easy, you know, it was already too easy for a guy like Tickleton. So now it's just, it's a no-brainer for him. Why would he even get out of his car? And is that the kind of battle royale that we want to play in the long run?
0: I th- I think that's the question, right? And I think that's ultimately what my biggest concern for it is. But I also think in the short term, it is really cool. And that's why I guess if I was looking at it, I would say, man, this would have been a really cool season. And I would have liked to see some c- more communication around it and maybe have it be like, oh, cool. For the next month, I can just go do drive-bys and then it's going to go away. And it would it would get me doing it, I and mean, I think it would get a lot more people trying it. So rather than just dying to it, and be like, oh, my gosh, that guy's insane. Well, it's like, oh, have you actually tried drive-bys recently? Yeah, you know, because that's another thing is there's people that not everyone reads patch notes. They just go in and play the game and all of a sudden they're just going to be <laughs> getting mowed down from cars like what I again. I, it's fun. It's it's actually really cool, like for us to try it in that in that game. Be like, hey, try a drive by and you, you just laser that guy. I mean, we were laughing about it and then the other guy owned yeah, us. Yeah, he
1: owned us, but we didn't even care because we were just in it just to get in a car and try it both the, I used the vehicle shooting on a bot. I didn't even do it well. It was very ungraceful. I just like stopped, reloaded, pulled back and then shot him again. It was it was not a cool yeah. looking one, but it was just, I just wanted to see how it felt. And then we just wanted yeah. to go and drive by a team and see what happened. And then literally we, we were going to probably leave the game anyway because we wanted to go see the changes to Vikendi, which Trigger will walk us through in a bit here too. I got two things I want to say about the drive-by kind of mechanics and and, and vehicle stuff. Um, one is just for people who haven't done drive-bys before, I want to give you a PC-only kind of keybind guide that has worked well for me. Your WASD and your lean buttons, you know, Q&E, are not affected at all when you're driving, and they're completely separate. So something you can do if you want to approach drive-bys and you've never really done them before kind of written them off as something that only those kind of crazy players can do. Now that it's much easier to to actually shoot while you're in the passenger seat, my recommendation for keys has always been that you just make W your front seat. So you can just press F to get in the car, press W, and then press W again and you're driving instantly because you're in the front seat. Now you press W again and you're just off to the races. And then to go from seat one to seat two, I would just make seat two the E key. It's right next to your W. You just move your finger off of R, you know, or D rather, and then boom, you're in there. And then you can make seat three Q. You don't really need to make one for seat four really, but being able to get to the back seat on the driver's side and then the passenger seat up front on the right is something that's going to make the drive by much easier. And from there, you just better have your AR equipped and then you can just lean out the window with your aim or ADS key and start shooting. So, those three little keybinds are going to make your life a lot easier when you want to switch seats. Trigger, do you use something different?
0: No, I use pretty standard, actually. I, I never really got into doing drive-bys and stuff like that. So, I yeah, I I use almost default when it comes to that.
1: So you're out here hitting, like, Control-1 or Alt-1 or whatever? Yep. Okay, um, Trigger, I'm going to need you to try my keybinds out and get back to me next episode then.
0: <laughs> I, I was actually like, I made a note to ask you to send me your keybinds after this. Yeah, very,
1: very simple <laughs> ones. Um, people might do something different for seat one because it can be kind of like, you know, annoying when you're in the air and you you press uh you know W again and it's like, driver's already in that seat on your screen. It can be kind of annoying, but I just look right past it. Yeah. I don't see it anymore. I mean, it's just that white text on screen. It doesn't mean much, but
0: yeah, I, for some reason, man, I just, I've always stuck with the defaults on that. I've never had a problem. And the first time I modified keys for a vehicle was the dirt bike, because I really do want to learn the dirt bike well, because I just think it's a really neat thing that will have some really cool strategic advantages if you know it well, and mostly from the pitching, right? And I know that disengaging the clutch and allowing you to maintain motor speed is going to be really good. But yeah, so I, I'm very open to redoing my binds now. But drive by never really interested in me. Because one of the things I was going to add to what you were saying is, even though drive by they do, you do see people trying them more often. I've found that in the duos that I've been playing, I haven't seen a tremendous amount of people trying to do drive by's. Like, it's definitely up like the percentage of times you see people doing it is up. But we kill, like I play with JMac a lot and we kill a lot of people out of cars and now they're driving closer to you or they're driving more dangerously or they're just driving more often. And so it usually, if if you're hearing a car, what's going through our head is, okay, we need to get to cover. And if there isn't cover for this drive by, we need to hide because you don't want to be out in the open when you don't a want car goes by. And sometimes yeah. it's unavoidable, but I think strategically, the number one thing is right now, if you hear a car, make sure you have some cover to play because they will likely shoot at you. If they don't see you right away, when you start shooting, they're going to fire back now. And so I think that's a good balance there as this plays out. I'm curious to see how it continues to evolve. But overall, we didn't see it affecting too many of our games. Really, the, the place that I noticed it the most was spotting. You know, mm-hmm. when you're the passenger and you're leaning out in ADS, it is so smooth now that spotting is really easy. And so I, I just, I don't know, I think it's probably a little too stable right now and we'll see where it ends up.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they need to, you know, immediately revert it. I am worried that we are going to hear a lot of people asking for it. And if a revert does come, it might take a while for uh, PUBG to, you know, eventually turn it around. But whatever it is, everyone's going to play with it. It might give players who never did it a chance i just think you're gonna notice that it's only made strong players stronger not necessarily made new players who are trying drive-bys instantly drive by gods exactly. i think it just makes the already very competent player have another tool that's going to make them dangerous but again you know a good player will shoot you out of the car too so it's it's not like they lost that skill you know it's just it feels like there's almost no recoil because there's no you're not the thing that they made dry bys a little bit skillful is if you were hitting a bump or it was bumpy at all, you were going to have that bounce. So not only are you controlling recoil normally by just your, your consistent pull down, but you're also pushing it up and down a little bit to try and keep the camera level on their head. There was a lot more movement that you had to do with your mouse to keep that steady aim. So if you were able to absolutely laser somebody, it felt great. Now it's just going to be like, eh, pretty easy. You know, we're on a smooth plane. It's like we're on tracks, you know? Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, we, we did talk a little bit of Apex and people were probably like Apex again, but Apex also added a vehicle and their approach to putting a vehicle in a BR is something completely different from anything I've ever seen in a BR. It can't be blown up at all, but there's also this thing where it's kind of like this weird hover car fits three people and it has this like boost that charges back up after you use it. So you can kind of see a team and be like, Oh crap, we need to go twice as fast and just launch. But The interesting thing is it won't blow up, but if you shoot directly at the vehicle and you're hitting the vehicle, instead of putting damage on the vehicle, it disperses an equal amount of damage to every player. I don't know if you noticed that in our, like, you know, couple games playing.
0: Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. The team in the car, they're taking tons of damage because the hitbox is huge on that thing and it's spreading damage out. Like, absolutely. It's it's definitely interesting in Apex.
1: Yeah, I remember having a uh, Spitfire one time and this vehicle is coming towards us and passes. they also can't run you over at all. Um, so they just made it so that people aren't like just griefing with vehicles, but they're like purely rotational choices or, or tools that you can get heavily punished for driving right through a team or a fight. But again, if you, you have the kind of get out of jail free boost that you can use, especially if you kind of like hit a ramp or a hill and then boost, you can go flying, you know, you can also use it to jump out while you're in that mid-boost, everyone jumps out, goes even a little bit further, and since you're never going to die of fall damage or anything in a game like that, you do get some nice distance behind a fight that's already happening. So there's interesting mechanics that go with it, but I remember having a Spitfire on a team once and just lasering the vehicle. Two of them were knocked and the other guy was jumping off crack before it ever happened, and I just thought that Apex did a really interesting and different take on a vehicle that I just thought was different. You're not having people drive bying you on this game but it's just a completely different take on a vehicle that is like so not overpowered or underpowered it's just it's a rotation tool for a big map and that's it i just thought that, that was interesting and you know since we were talking so much about driving and we were making parallels i thought it was something interesting to to note there
0: yeah it's it's definitely interesting because it can be really frustrating when you have a great drop on a vehicle and you put a bunch of shots on and it just absorbs all of them
1: mm-hmm. and they don't <laughs> you blow know, up you so know. yeah especially like in your duos right because like a, a full squad that just lays into the vehicle can blow it up and kill everybody and that's why like you see it in comp that's why they take separate vehicles if you're gonna lose a player you you lose one you don't lose the whole team to a blown up vehicle um when they do you know they call them clown cars for a reason because if you're using that you're pretty desperate and the whole clown car could blow up and your whole team is just done no placement points nothing so the fact that you can just shoot at the vehicle and put all that damage on somebody I mean sure you can just shoot the player on the side because they like hang right off and their whole hitbox is exposed in apex but typically you're just like I'm going to shoot for the front so that when they jump off everyone's either out of shield completely or almost out of shield it's just it's just an interesting thing to see someone always jumps off early in these public games too so you just you just all focus on that last poor guy and you're like all right well you you lost one already so anyway that was that's all I wanted to say I'm, I promise I'm done talking about apex guys I've just been on there for three <laughs> weeks straight
0: so let's hit a couple of the other smaller features here before we finish on uh Vikandi and the other guns, but they've added a new team finder. So if you're in the lobby, instead of just joining a random game, you can actually connect with people ahead of time if you want. So you're not just finding out who's on your team in the pre match lobby, you can actually let people know that you're looking for a team and bring people into your lobbies. And and this is kind of a, again, it feels like they should have been around quite a while ago, but I'm glad it's here now because you're going to be matched up based on your perspective and your language settings and all that. But it gives you an option to not like get into a game and realize that the person doesn't have a mic or, right. you know, there's a lot of things that go into making random playing hard. So the, the fact that you can notify other people on your friends list that you're looking for a game is great, but I think allowing these lobbies ahead of time is good for making sure that if you want to be playing with someone with a mic, you have a chance to do that before getting in a game. So they've added this, which is kind of a cool thing. I don't think it's something necessarily that I'll use a whole lot, but I know in some regions this is probably a huge, huge add.
1: Yeah. And then there's also the actual lobby chat system. So instead of having to use your microphone to chat, maybe you're someone who's, you know, not looking to have a mic or you don't have a mic. So you don't want to like burden other people by being that silent guy. So you're maybe looking for someone who just is going to use the ping system and, you know, they don't need a mic either. So, you know, you two are now a a perfect match in heaven there. How do you guys talk before you get in the game to even know that? Well, you can use the lobby chat system to actually type to people. Uh, This is a PC only thing, but you just hit enter in the main lobby and you can just start typing and kind of just let people know what's going on. And it's just nice. You know, I could see some streamers maybe using this to just type in there and be like, hey, are you back? Kind of thing. Maybe if someone's like muted and talking the chat, but they'll probably still do that. Right. Discord.
0: And we used it to try to seed Vikendi. We were telling the game we wanted Vikendi, but it wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, it wasn't listening to us that we we wanted Vikendi. I just kept typing Gib Vikendi, but it didn't work. But anyway, you know, you can text chat with party members in the lobby. Spam and toxic words are automatically filtered. I'm sure people will do, you know, like leet speak to get around that. But that's fine because you can report players for using abusive language, spamming, or advertising. So you can, you know, even if someone's trying to get around it and using words that the system isn't picking up on or spelling them like a different way to still be crude, you can can still report them. And a real person will lay eyes on that and probably still give someone some sort of a slap on the wrist there, right? So again, that's only on PC version for now. Uh, it may come out over time, but, uh, you know, I'm sure my Xbox friends are not like too keen on trying to like use the, the type pad that's uh, built in through the controllers because it takes forever to type on Xbox. So anyway, PC only. It's cool. It's going to be more for the players who jump on randomly at random times or just don't have enough people playing. Uh, that they know personally, so instead of having to use Discord or Reddit or something for an LFG, you can kind of just do an LFG within the game and and find some people, hopefully, pretty quick who are like minded.
0: Right, and the last kind of feature update, which I actually really like, this one is the PUBG ID is now visible to your enemies when you kill them, or if they kill you and you're spectating them, you'll see this in death cams. And it shows your level, it shows whatever banner you've selected, the background and stuff. And I know it wasn't a unique thought, but I know that we either said this on a show that the devs were on, or we said it directly to them. I don't know if that influenced this getting added, but I think this was said directly to them on the show. It was like, why can't we show people our banner? Like, Because they're really cool and it's again it's not a unique thought i mean a lot of games do this call of duty is notorious for it where you update your banner all the time and you can show off your prestige you can show off everything you've done and it shows up when you kill somebody and it's kind of like oh wow i just got killed by somebody that's level whatever and has this achievement
1: all diamond or gold camos or dark matter or whatever yeah and you know it's just cool i'm sure we did probably say something to the effect i mean I'm pretty sure Brian came on to kind of debut this system when uh, we had him on the first or second time. So
0: exactly,
1: you know, uh, we're not going to actually take credit for any of that. I'm sure that they had already had the idea and wanted to do it, and it just takes some time to you know prioritize. Like, do we need people seeing this right away or not? But you know, I've always liked this system, but it's kind of like, how does anyone know you know that you've put the this time in or not? But yeah, I I think it's almost entirely positive, right?
0: Oh yeah, I I think that outside of I mean, there's only one scenario that I've actually heard a few times now where it's not positive and that like if somebody is um, a good player or a veteran player and they get killed by like a level 14 right the teammate will be like oh you got killed by a level 14 right which is kind of taking something away from the player that won and and that's kind of the cool part about battle royale is like it, it doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are sometimes when you're just new in the game you'll hit a crazy shot on someone who's incredibly good at the game. Like even the greats die to crazy stuff in this game. And that's why it's so fun. So that's the only negative connotation I've really heard on it. And yeah, I overall, though, I think it's really cool. Like it made me go back into it and think about what my banner was mm-hmm. for when people were seeing it. And it basically took a system that I had completely forgot about and brought it back into the light, which I think is great.
1: You know what, and something else I'm you know, i just thinking of that might actually be kind of a positive is there's some people, for worse or really just for worse usually, it's not one of those better for worse, but they kind of just get killed by someone just better than them and they go, oh, that's a cheater and they just report or they're just kind of angry and salty or whatever at the time and they, they just report automatically. I'm kind of wondering if they see someone who's like level 500 maxed out kind of thing and they see that and maybe they see it and go like, oh, maybe this player just plays a ton. You know, maybe I'll just give them a break on this or I'll watch their actual play before I see something, you know, to see, are they, you know, looking at teams through walls or or snapping or their movements trash, but they're still hitting these shots, which is like pretty much a good indication sometimes that someone is using programs to make their aim really good because you could tell that they're not good at the the basic functions of like looting and just opening doors and stuff. You're like, no one can move that poorly and also laser all three of us on this team. Right? You know what I mean? So I'm wondering if, like, you know, it's going to be helping people, like, decide, do I need to report somebody or do I need to, like, like look at them a little bit before? Because if you get lazy, if, like, your whole team gets wiped by a level 14 and it's, like, really, like, impressive and then you're like, this is only a 14, you're like, is this a smurf or is this person cheating? And then you're going to want to stick around and look like, what is this person doing? So maybe it'll help kind of people really use the report system for the right reasons, instead of just like a reactionary, like, I got killed, no one could be better than me, therefore, you're cheating, that kind of thing, where they just report mass amounts of people. I've also always thought that if someone who's just reporting every player they come into should like just not even be able to report anymore, like you can hit the buttons, but like the system (laughs) should just not even like take that person seriously, even if maybe they come across a few legitimate cheaters, but if they're just reporting every player and like 90% of them are legitimate, you know, maybe we shouldn't listen to the boy who cried wolf,
0: There's gotta be systems for that already. (laughs) Like, if someone just reports everyone they dies to, like...
1: But then again, there's streamers and, you know, like, notable players that, like, everyone kind of knows, and they get these temp bans, and it's like, just because they got mass reported, which is a different thing, right, than just someone who's mass reporting, but you know, obviously you can't just, like, whitelist everybody because you think they're good, but especially you can't let someone know they're whitelisted, because then they might actually start cheating to be even better, but yeah, I've always thought that the, the players who are mass reporting other players, just because they don't they can't fathom that someone's better than them in a video game uh they should probably shouldn't be listened to very much with their reports but yeah maybe maybe this system will allow people to kind of be like no this player has just played a lot and, or they haven't and uh this is i shouldn't report or i should
0: yeah i think it's going to influence stuff like that like anything you know i, I don't necessarily think it's going to be the like oh they're level 500 i shouldn't report them but it may influence it, and it, it may be the opposite influence that, again, may not be the best, where it's like, oh, wow, that level 37 guy just lasered this guy. Oh, and he lasered me, too. Maybe I should report him. So, I mean, I could see this going either way. I guess I don't see it being a huge factor for that decision. <laughs> I think a lot of times, like, uh, reporting, unfortunately, is like a rage thing. You know, you're like, oh, cheater. <laughs> I don't
1: think I don't think that a lot of the people that you see in PUBG reports were just like, consistently reporting people uh i don't think that they're kind of having the uh the mindset <laughs> when they say, do something to critically think before they do it that's just kind of like a lot of times you see them and they just die and while they're like venting to their team or, or their stream they're just <laughs> hitting the buttons they just know exactly where to go it's just a yeah. reflex so
0: click 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 click. maybe it's just yeah. hopeful
1: thinking that, that someone's doing that but you know right. that's the thought that goes through my head is maybe someone who is unsure can be like eh, maybe maybe i watch for a second so
0: but again, it's it's funny. We can take a topic like that and go way into the weeds. At the end of the day, it's cool to see uh, other people's, you know, banners when they kill me or I'm spectating them. I think just think that's neat. So I'm glad to see this get some love. And uh, speaking of getting some love, there's uh, a couple of guns that that got some buffs, uh, notably the uh, 5.56 uh, weapons. And specifically, it was the uh, M4 the SCAR, the QBZ, and the G3, G36, three G those all got their magazine reload times decreased by 10%, and then the barrel got its magazine reload time increased by 5%. Horizontal recoil of the barrel was increased. You know, we, we mentioned this, and it seems like a small change in the past notes, but I think this is a little bit bigger, because I think bringing The barrel and the 5.56 guns closer is definitely needed at this point. I think the barrel has been king for long enough. But even after this change, I still see people picking up the barrel over every other gun, which to me confirms that it was really way too powerful before. And possibly these latest changes still haven't brought 5.56 close enough versus the barrel because the barrel and the SLR are still getting taken by most of the people that i'm playing against in duos as well as that's what everyone's looking for still now the one change i've seen though is my favorite gun which is the mini 14 seems to be being played more on miramar particularly and i'm also seeing it a little bit more on erangel so that might just be my bias towards the mini but I feel like I'm hearing more uh, mini-14 shots ring out.
1: Well, I think that makes sense because the the change to the SLR that happened a patch or two ago was uh, that its bullets, bullet velocity or bullet speed was lowered. So on an 8x8 eight eight map with really long sight lines, you want to have the bullet arrive as soon as possible so that you don't have to lead your shots as much and there's not as much drop coming into play. So it makes perfect sense that the mini being untouched as it was can still hit people from far ranges while they're moving with pretty decent accuracy and the SLR probably is more noticeable at 300 meters it's being a little harder to lead your shots with but yeah so the m4 and and other five five six fully automatic weapons they were nerfed I want to say back in March of this year or something like that uh maybe a little maybe a little bit before or after uh I, I do forget off the top of my head now uh which patch it was but they didn't say how long the reload speed was getting changed or how, how much longer it would take compared to what it was before, but they yeah. also had taken uh, one or two damage points off, I think one point. It went from like 41 and to 40. And that's been quite a
0: while. That's, yeah.
1: been, that's been a really long time, but then they also, that was way before where it went from 41 to 40. I think March was
0: when they buffed the barrel. They buffed the barrel
1: and they also increased the reload time at the same exact time for the 5.56 weapons to try Correct. and change the metal a little bit. And so they never said exactly how much longer it was going to take. But my guess is that it was an extra 15%. And so now they've decreased the time by 10% while increasing the reload time of the barrel by 5. Which, if I'm thinking correctly, that would probably mean that the barrel, the M4, SCAR, QBZ, and G36C, now all have the exact same reload time. Maybe we have someone test that out or one of us test it out. But I'm going to guess that they're probably about the same now. Um, and maybe the AKM has the fastest reload time, albeit by only 5%. Yeah.
0: I, I Again, I I think all of that is probably true. I think that they're probably really close and maybe the AK is the, the new best, which will be discovered. Um, I just really think that the assault rifles need to be very similar. Or at least you have some options because it didn't feel interesting to have to find a barrel to be competitive in the endgame when you know that there's probably a team out there with level three gear. And so this this brings it closer. I don't know that it was enough to make the feeling of the five, five, six being as powerful there. And I guess it's just going to, you know, it, it's it was funny, right? Because when those changes to the barrel came out, everyone was like, OK, I'll give it a try. And then over a couple weeks, it finally kind of came out like the barrel is the way it wasn't immediate. And I think this is kind of the same thing. I think people will be like, "Okay, well, I'll try the M4 now that they've buffed it again. And because we've been using the barrel for six plus months, I don't know that the entire population of the game is going to be quick to, you know, pick up the five, five, six guns again. So it may take some time before the meta really settles on these latest changes. Yeah, so,
1: I mean, before I had kind of taken my Apex break a couple weeks back, I was playing a lot more TDM, and and I used to really really not even bother with TDM, but I wanted to play that while I was just, if I had 15, 20 minutes instead of trying to play a solo, which at this point, you know, it just doesn't really do much for me playing solo, I feel like I just kind of run around a lot, or I'm pushing everything, and it's just not exactly how I want to play. I'd rather play duos or squads, so if I don't have a team to play with at the time, or enough time to, like, call up a friend and be like, hey, let's get on because I'm just going to get off 20 minutes later. Like that's, I wouldn't waste someone's time like that. So right. I was playing a lot of TDM, and I kind of thought that a change was going to have to come for the barrel at some point, or a buff would finally come back to the M4. So I'd been playing with the M4 while I was playing those modes, and I did notice how much easier it was compared to the AK, and for whatever reason, you can't use a barrel in the uh, training ground, but or sorry, in TDM, but how much easier it is to spray at, at medium range. And I have seen people on Twitter saying that The M4 now really is noticeably easier to spray at any kind of mid-range, whereas the barrel is, it it gets a little more wiry um, or wild, whatever you want to say, but it's still going to be way more effective up close. And, you know, if the AK now has a 5% faster reload, maybe it's like the AK is the best directly up close for that close city fighting, or maybe it's just the best drop AR right now. And then the barrel is the more skilled version of that. It's going to do more up-close damage. And then you're going to have the five five six back to being this all-rounder that's going to still be able to be fast enough for close quarters on the reload. Because they didn't change anything about the weapon damage that we've been used to for a while now. But now you can actually get into a fight and you can choose to reload without just sitting there and feeling like you dropped the mag on the ground and had to bend over and pick it up. And your back's also bad somehow. And and like all this, it's just like, why did it take so long? So this being a little little better now, uh, I think is going to, you're going to find that that's you know the 556 is going to be the best gun if you want to slap a 3x on it and spray up a hill at a team that's kind of like 40 meters away or something before you have to pull out your DMR right whereas the barrel should hopefully have enough deviation that you're not getting it used to just feel as easy as the M4 was back when everyone was using 4x M4 for sprays so i think i think these changes are good we're almost there i i still would like to get that one point of damage back on the 556 weapons but
0: or a half point. Give me a half. Start with a half.
1: <laughs> Seriously, I, I'll, I'll take anything. <laughs> because it does feel like you leave someone on one HP a lot when yes. you use the M4, and you like you, you die, and they had the barrel, and they you know, and it's like we hit all of our shots equally. We all we both hit four shots or whatever. And then you look, and that guy is legitimately on the smallest sliver of life. And you're like, oh, I lost because I have the M4, and that doesn't feel good when you when you're both end game kitted. And you're like, I lost simply because my gun wasn't the meta gun. And then you play with the barrel, and then you just get so bored of hearing the barrel, picking up the barrel, looking at it. You're just like, God, I used to have fun with all these guns, and now I just pick up one.
0: Agreed. I'd really... I either... Yeah, I'm just kind of in the same boat. I'm not sure what I want. I'm not sure that I want there to always be switching guns in and out of the meta, or if they want new guns to change the meta. But I do think right now the... Getting these two calibers closer together is definitely the way.
1: Well, I think the way you were talking about, you know, for certain maps and for certain situations, every gun has to have, has to be, like, optimal for this. And so for your mid-range and longer sprays, the 5.56 should win. And, you know, the barrel should be better up close. If you're running into a building, you should want to have the barrel. Like, that makes sense. The AK yeah. should fit that same role because of its strong headshot damage and stuff. And it's the same way the mini... Might be better on bigger maps because if you can hit those headshots, or even just hit multiple shots because you have 30 rounds, and there, you know, not there's not as much drop or delay between leaving your gun and hitting your target at range, then that's going to be the gun. Then that should be it. I've I've also seen people say things like if you want bolts to be competitive in comp play and ranked play and stuff, maybe we need to up the speed of those, you know, of the bullet velocity. Because you know you don't want to change how fast it is to chamber a new round, but to be able to have those bolties be a lot faster, their bolt velocity a lot faster would probably mean people would use them a lot more if they were similar to like how fast the minis bullet arrived on target. Yeah, and I'd be game for that—a one-shot headshot on level twos that can still do the you know good damage on someone who's driving without having to like rethink as much about what you're doing. And then the SLR is that perfect headshot, body shot, dropper that it still is, or, you know, you get a knock and you hit him in the head with your SLR after a res, they're only doing 74 damage or it's still doing 76 damage to the head on a level two. So it's still dropping. Like I still think that should have been changed. I think we talked about that last time, but like now, now these guns, these DMRs and bolts all have a different role to play. Right. So yeah. I don't know. It's interesting to me. And I think it's good to have within each kind of weapon class, it's ones that are better for certain, uh, you know, situations and scenarios that win at certain things but the problem was that the barrel for way too long was just the answer for everything so
0: correct it was good for short mid (laughs) i even saw people
1: using as a dmr late game because they just didn't have one you know and then you know people want to talk about smgs and how you incorporate them into the meta and i don't think they ever will uh, to such a degree but you do have the ump that's very powerful um, albeit with that slow bullet velocity. So while well, you can 6x spray someone from far away, they have to be still. But by the time they react to it and all those bullets start raining and they might be dead though too, you know. But you're not going to hit like your moving target. It's not going to be good on a drive-by compared to your M4s and stuff. So I don't know. I think the weapon balance is getting better and better. You know, we have the pistols who are getting stronger. Um, shotguns have been buffed to be very viable and, and very deadly now. So I think we're at probably, we're getting closer and closer to like the best weapon meta we ever had and that's exciting
0: i agree i agree because i also i also like them changing the maps a little bit right we're seeing updates to map and the last thing we were going to talk about is vikendi but before we get into that i i agree i think that the weapon meta is getting to the best place it's been i want to keep seeing tweaks i like that they're bringing sidearms up to speed i like that they tested out shotguns you know i still feel like they're a little too powerful but at the same time, it's nice to know that if you have a shotgun later in the game, you can survive. It would be cool to know that, hey, I got a pistol and, and I could make this work if I really had to. Because right now, that it just doesn't feel that way. So I'd like to see these things continue to be adjusted so that you never really feel out of a fight. And, and then there were some guns that, that really felt that way. And, and 5.56 kind of kind of felt that way up until recently. So... Uh, the last thing that we wanted to talk about were the Vikendi quality of life changes. And some of these are kind of controversial, and they're, they're pretty new. But they've adjusted circle settings. They've adjusted some clutter on the ground for vehicle movement. They've adjusted the number of houses and some of the locations of compounds. Uh, but specifically, they've fixed the tendency for the first circle to lean too much towards the outskirts of the map. So the safe zones are going to be commonly inland now there's a number of small objects that have been removed around farms and fields and rivers just things that are causing vehicles to probably full-on stop which is why they got removed not just kind of blunder them a little bit Uh, the one that's causing the most controversy though is the number of house sets has been reduced and the space between house sets has been modified. And the reason they did this was late-game blue zones aren't overly abundant Building with buildings. That's the goal. They want there to be more fights out in the fields. Now, the reason this is controversial is they've removed some very, very popular spots. And most notably is the position west of Castle on the four-way intersection They removed the two buildings on the southwest side of that intersection. And then they also flattened out the approach, as they said they would do with some of the cliffs and rocky spots that were impeding movement. So that was probably the uh, biggest like outcry on day one was that intersection got changed and it was a very popular high percentage chance of fighting at that intersection.
1: Yeah, it was basically the bridge camp of Vikendi, with since there's not like a bridge to camp, right? So it was Correct. the center thoroughfare, and that was the spot to do the holding there. And so I can see that being taken out. I didn't get to play it. We we tried to uh, bounce around maps and see if we can get it. And we actually we got the dream. To be honest, we got like six <laughs> six Erangel games, like three right. three Miramar, only like That's one awesome. only like one Carrigan and uh, like two two Sandhawk or something. But we never got a Vikendi to play, so that I could just see what the new map looks like and all of that. But PUBG, if you're listening, I'm not complaining. Please up Erangel and <laughs> Miramar as the more dominant maps. That's my, that's my cry for help here. But no, I didn't get to see it. But that, I mean, that makes sense. That that's something that people weren't like thrilled about.
0: Yeah, and it, it's interesting though because people weren't thrilled about it, and then that news kind of spread. People watched the early streams that area specifically the West Castle intersection became really hot because people were going to check it out. Mm-hmm. And so the same like for a while, like and even now, like the last few days, I've still had really good luck running into people there and the fights have actually been really good. I don't know if it was a heat map change or it was just like there's too much cover there or the combination of the cliffs, the two compounds. Castle. It may have all led to a change being made, but because it was such a common rotation and people like to fight there, it's still being used a lot. And so I think the fear, at least initially, was that people were just going to avoid it. And that hasn't been my experience. And honestly, the fighting there has been really good. It's been different because you don't have that same verticality from the cliff, you don't have the cover from that set of compounds. So you have to be a little bit more. Uh, strategic in choosing where you're going to be. But the quantity of fights has still been really good and it's a little more open, which they've said this is their goal. So initially I was really bummed to have one of my favorite compounds removed and favorite spots to be. But I, after playing it for a couple weeks, I think it's okay. I really do.
1: Yeah. And on the other hand, so that there might be one small location that has been changed that that felt pretty impactful for for people uh especially those who like to hold something and, and let people come by and they can continuously kind of do the bridge camp ish kind of you know anchor at a spot and let people who are rotating come through and you reign terror right so then I can see as you know especially like a streamer point of view oh that's been taken away that that's kind of a bummer but i think the bigger thing is that so many of these uh small little compounds that are very samey you know you have like the bar and you have the the slanted roof houses with like the open one room like there was just so many of those they were they were all like the same and there was so many that you could you could get into fights between them at like a range of 150 meters and really never have to leave that was why people immediately said like this is not competitively viable and it also just kind of you just had these games that just stalled out and there was more games on vikendi where it came down to like the very last circle, because teams would just not have to fight until super late, and then it then you get the blue zone deaths that people didn't like, so they had to change timing for that. I think just getting rid of some of these makes sense. Let's just kind of take some of these other locations out, kind of spread the distance between big strongholds because they were too powerful. Let's not have so many of those uh so right. you know just let's just trim a few things and and kind of clean things up a little bit
0: well, speaking of uh trimming a few things and cleaning things up a little bit. I got to take a second and and talk about the leader in men's below the belt, grooming and trimming. And <laughs> you set me up so well for that, Kev. It's almost like we planned this, <laughs> but we actually didn't. That's the best part. But I do want to take a quick second here and make sure everybody knows about our brand new sponsor. This is the first time we're announcing this on the Winner Winner podcast. We have uh, partnered up with Manscaped. Dot com. So, make sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0 by Manscaped. You're going to find the Lawnmower 3.0, which again is the best men's below the belt grooming trimmer. This is 7,000 RPMs and it has helped reduce manscaping accidents around the world. In addition, and this is a holiday package, the Perfect Package is a holiday offering. In that package, you're going to find liquid formulations inside, like the crop preserver deodorant, the crop reviver, as well as the reduced chafing boxer brief. So, make sure you get in there, save 20% off, plus free shipping with code XPMedia at Manscaped.com. That's right, 20% off with code XPMedia at Manscaped.com.
1: Yeah. So, you know, smooth out the terrain, reduce manscaping accidents.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's, it, you know what? We laugh about it and we joke about it, but uh, I think, I know Kev's got this. I've got this. I mean, if you've ever had a, a trimmer or something that just isn't working well, like these, this thing's a beast. Okay. And it doesn't matter where it's, this is a this is a head to toe type of deal. This thing's a monster.
1: Well, I hope you're cleaning it before you use it on your head after using it on your, your toe or other areas. <laughs> Disinfecting goes a long way, ladies and gentlemen, especially the gentlemen. Ladies, if you need to get your guy something for Christmas, uh, use this. This is the perfect kind of thing. I'm sure you'll appreciate it, maybe more than they will. But it is nice. The lawnmower, which is the trimmer, has that nice uh nice flashlight on it, so you can kinda of see what you're doing down there. It's nice. It's good to have. I think everyone every guy should probably have a good trimmer. It's not the seventies anymore, man. Gotta move on.
0: Hey, just just like we're moving on from the compound on Vikendi that we all know and love. Yeah. Gotta just gotta move on. It's fine.
1: Yeah, well, let's move on from this topic before people are tired of hearing about their balls and our balls. (laughs) I don't think we have much more to cover as it comes to PUBG or weed whacking or or anything else that we've been up to lately. Um, This is a patch that came with a lot of fun things, Um, some stuff that we're going to have to get used to and decide if it really belongs in the game, Uh, specifically how easy it is now to do your drive-bys, but I think the shooting from vehicles is amazing. I think that the change to, you know, the barrel and the M4 and all the other related, you know, weapons in the AR category are long overdue and, and hopefully kind of close the gap and give you a reason to use all of them again. Again, if you want to check out what all changed with the pistols, you know, they've all been buffed in many ways. Check out that video from c Dome and, uh, you know, I look forward to now getting on to Vikendi. I'm going to try and uh, split my time between Apex and Poji a little, a little better, but I was just really going hard the first few weeks of this new patch. Over there, so uh I look forward to seeing what's changed on Vikendi and kind of giving it my own run and seeing you know if if I agree with these, I've always kind of wanted there to be less compounds, so I agree with this. I'll have to check out the West of Castle east of cement factory kind of area a little more, but overall, I think there's a lot of stuff that doesn't seem too impactful until you get to play this patch. so've been played a little while. I mean the game is running better than ever, as we were saying, the game's running better than ever, but there's also the weapon metas better than maybe ever. Who knows, you know, people might debate that. People might just miss the old, very strong M4. I don't blame you, but there's a lot to check out. Anything else to really say there, Mike? I mean, this is, I was really pleasantly surprised to get back into PUBG tonight.
0: Yeah, no, I think uh, my personal opinion is the game is in fantastic shape. There's rumors abounding about what it could mean that they added in the new currency in game like we talked about in the last episode and what that could mean for the future. But overall, I I think the game is in really, really good shape right now. I've been having a blast. I mean, I've been playing it a lot. So uh, outside of that, no, I don't think so. I guess what I would tell people is, if you made it this far on the show, thank you. We really greatly appreciate you listening. Uh, Make sure that if you're looking for us on an audio version, if you found this on YouTube, uh, you can basically search Winner Winner on any audio podcast app. If you are listening to this and would prefer to watch or listen on YouTube, we do post the audio versions of this on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash XPmedia now. We also have some other guides up there. We have our other podcasts that we host for other games up on there as well. So that's a good place to connect with us. And as always, whether you're playing PUBG, Apex, Escape from Tarkov, World of Warcraft, Among Us, we have people grouping up and willing to help in just about all of those titles in the xp media discord and yeah man that's that's pretty much all i got
1: yeah i mean uh i i you know i brought up a few things about console where i think that the new you know we'll see more drive bys over there come into the discord or hit us up on twitter and let us know if you've gotten your hands on a ps5 or the xbox series x or s uh let us know how much better the game is running i know that it's now possible on an xbox Xbox One or Pro or whatever to get 60 FPS, and I'm assuming you can get 60 FPS uh, with the new ones too. Tell me how, you know, life-changing that is. I remember when I went from around 30 FPS on my Xbox to just 75 on what's now my secondary monitor, it was a game changer. So let me know how the game is running over on console. Let me know how the new features are going. I'd love to hear from you and chat about it. I know a bunch of my friends are really enjoying it, even while they're waiting to get their hands on the new consoles. So that's what I would love to hear
0: awesome yeah so let us know how these changes affect you on console let us know what you think about the weapon balances the changes on Vikendi or any of this and uh, that's it guys good luck out there in the battlegrounds we've made it winner winner out yeah just a nice
1: hour long episode not an hour and 50 (laughs) minutes right we're so good at, at timing things we're really really good at this yeah we're so good at sticking to an hour anyway thanks everybody see ya